And I get it, you know, I completely understand. We want our dogs to be happy. We want to be them to be healthy. And we uh, put a lot of emphasis on a dog eating and being fed nice food as a marker of our love for them. Go on, you can tell me how many different types of dog food do you have in your house are you constantly having to change are you switching does your dog like one one day but then turns his nose up at it the next is she just fussy all the time well it's a really common problem it's something that a lot of people are really concerned about and they're left tearing their hair out well today help is at hand Welcome to Call the Vet, the show that answers all your dog and cat questions so they can live healthier, happier lives. And here's your host, veterinarian, Dr. Alex Avery. Welcome along to episode number 63 of the Call the Vet podcast. I'm Dr. Alex. I'm the veterinarian behind ourpetshealth.com and I'm here to answer all of your pet questions about how to look after them, how to optimise their health and keep them healthy, or how to treat them if they do become unwell or injured. Whatever question you have, simply head over to callthevet.org, submit it, and I could be answering your question on a podcast episode very soon. Also, if you're not already subscribed, remember to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on all of the future episodes. And what I would appreciate more than you can imagine would be taking just a minute or two to head over to Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you're listening to this on and leaving a five-star rating and review to help other people know that this podcast is something worth their time listening to and allow me to help more pets. I appreciate that so much. Now, if you're not one for leaving reviews, if it's too difficult and you can't work it out, and some apps, they really don't make it easy. I'd love it if you could share this podcast with a few of your pet loving friends or family. Again, just to help spread the word and grow the Our Pets Health community. Get your questions answered at callthevet.org. So we've got Dusty to thank for today's fantastic question. And Dusty shares a really common concern. So um, Dusty has got a three-year-old German shepherd and writes, my dog does not eat properly. He is a fussy eater. I've tried all methods, taken him to the vet and his reports are all fine. Initially, when he was young, he used to eat properly, but now he doesn't eat. His weight is 31 kilograms. Is that okay? I've tried all foods and now I don't know what to do. I'm very dejected. So Dusty, hopefully we'll get some really good answers for you today. This is a really common concern. So don't feel down. Don't feel dejected. So many people struggle with their pet's appetite, with them being fussy eaters, and then worrying whether they're underweight, whether they're getting all of the nutrients they need. But before I jump into some of those strategies, the very first step and the thing that you kind of hinted at to start with is is uh, your German Shepherd's weight. So 31 kilograms, is that okay? Well, for some German Shepherds, that's going to be absolutely fine. That's going to be a really nice, healthy weight. For others, maybe it is a little bit too lean. It's really difficult to give uh, weight estimations based on breed alone. And it's one reason why I don't like the breed charts, the standard breed charts, because they really come with such a wide range. How do you know where your dog should fall? And the difference can sometimes be, I don't know, 20, even 25 percent of their body weight. You know, you have a big entire male dog and you have a very slight uh, female dog. They can vary in weight hugely. A far better way to tell if your pet is a healthy weight, if they're overweight or if they're underweight is to carry out something called a body condition score. Now, in your case, Dustin, I would hope that your vet would have given you some 
indication as to whether they were happy with your dog's weight, whether they were even a little bit overweight or whether they were underweight and there was actually a problem. And, um, you know, that's the first port of call. So as a vet, I am uh, seeing obviously multiple dogs and cats every single day. I'm very used to assessing their weight and very used to kind of taking into account all different body shapes, different breed types and that kind of thing. So I'd definitely kind of get back in touch with your vet if they didn't give you an indication because it may be that um, they've written it in their clinical notes that that's something that they can refer back to. But doing a body condition score is something that's very simple. The first step to do is to feel your body, feel your dog's ribs. So if you can run your hand over their chest from front to back with very gentle pressure and you can feel their ribs, you can count every individual rib, then they're certainly not going to be overweight. If there is sponge and you're having to put pressure on to feel their ribs, then they are overweight. And obviously you don't then need to worry about them not eating enough because if they're overweight, they are going to be eating plenty as long as they're weight isn't falling off them and they're not getting a lot lighter than they used to be of course um if we're thinking about an underweight dog and i guess that you know that's obviously the concern here with dusty's dog then the other thing that we can look at is we can look along their spine so we can look along a dog's back and if it's starting to become very bony if you're starting to uh, kind of see the spiky uh, protuberances of the spinal column of the vertebrae there then that does suggest that there is a lack of condition and i'd be concerned that your pet was underweight um if you're also seeing their hips and all their pelvic bones really clearly. Um, there's not any kind of fat covering there. Then that might be an, a, a kind of a condition where your dog is also underweight. Now, if you've got an overweight dog, and unfortunately that's by far and away the most common problem with over 60%, about it's about 60% of dogs in the world being overweight, then you're going to lose their waist um, is going to be the next thing that you're going to lose. So for, if you look at them from above, they're going to be square rather than a kind of hourglass shape. And again, if you look at them from the side, they're not going to be tucked in in their tummy they're not going to have their abdominal tuck they're going to become square or even get a protruding belly clearly those are unlikely to be the cases in a 31 kilogram german shepherd but it's something that's worth bearing in mind because one thing that i do get a lot in the clinic is people coming to me worried that their dog is underweight because people have told them that their dog is underweight meaning that they don't look like their dog when in actual fact their dog is overweight so because being overweight is so common it's kind of skewed our perception of what a normal dog's body shape should be and it's made us feel that actually that's normal whereas really that's overweight now weight and the importance of weight loss and being a healthy weight is something that i could talk for hours about um I won't get that into, into that today. It's something that I've covered on numerous other podcast episodes and I'll leave some links in the show notes to more information about body condition scoring your pet, whether you've got a dog or a cat as well. It's a hugely useful tool that everybody can do at home. So, you know, assuming that your dog is a, you know, is a, a healthy weight, uh, then there's a few things that we can do to get a fussy dog to eat. And that's really what it's all about. Now, if your dog is underweight, Dusty's obviously had the great uh, foresight to go and check with his vet in the first case to check that there isn't anything else that's the problem. But if you do have a dog that's underweight and they're fussy, it might actually be because they're unwell. They could be feeling nauseous. They could have uh, dental pain, for example. So it is important to get your dog checked out if they're underweight or if they're losing weight and they're not really eating or they're going off their food or their appetite's changed in any way. 
So assuming that everything is fine and that there's no problems with health, there's no other underlying conditions, my first thought in a fussy eater is always actually, are they hungry? So it's very easy to overestimate the amount of food that we think our dogs should eat, uh, especially if we're dealing with a small breed dog, uh, which is, you know, and they are much more common than they used to be. And especially if we're giving them a biscuit kibble, because they are very energy dense. And also, I often find that the packaging does overestimate the amount that we should be giving them. So often we don't need to give them nearly quite so much as the packaging says for them to meet their daily needs. Now, that's obviously that's going to vary depending on whether your dog is has been spayed or neutered, whether they are kind of doing a 10 kilometer run, whether they're working hard on a farm or whether they are, you know, just in an apartment block and they get taken out once a week. So, you know, that's going to have a big impact on how much energy they need. But I think often we're actually overfeeding our dogs and they're just not hungry. So they just don't want to eat because they're not hungry. What will then happen though is that you might take up any food because you're and then because you're worried that they're not eating enough you'll then give them something super tasty um now the equivalent to this would be you give your um giving a toddler uh, a meal that they're not particularly keen on and they're not particularly hungry so they're not going to eat and that's fine but then going oh my goodness i i really need you to eat something and giving them chocolate putting chocolate in front of them and then funnily enough your toddler and I certainly know my children would, they would eat the chocolate no matter how hungry or otherwise they are. And so tied into this, we really need to think that a hungry dog will eat. As long as, again, there's no other problem going on, a hungry dog will eat. And this is what we really need to consider. We really need to to stick to our guns when it comes to feeding them. So um, simply put some food down there. If they haven't touched it in 20 minutes, then take the food away. Don't put something else different down straight away. Don't um, go and make a big fuss of them and give them some treats to make sure they eat. Take it away, pop it in the fridge, put a cover on it and, and then try again a few hours later. So stick to your guns with what you want to feed your dog. Don't let them train you to just give them really tasty morsels because that's really what they're doing. Our dogs are very good at training us to feed what they want, to feed them the the good stuff, if you like, the, you know, the, the treats and the snacks, not the healthy food that we want to feed them. So keep doing this. Your dog will become progressively more hungry and they should start eating um, what you're putting down. Now, if they're not eating in a 24 hour period, that's not the end of the world at all. A dog can quite easily go for a whole day. They could probably go for two days quite happily without having anything to eat. So don't worry that you're starving your dog again, as long as you're sure that there's nothing else going on. Now, if they're really not eating, if they really are stubborn, and definitely some dogs are going to fall into this category, then the next thing you can do is to find a food that they like and slowly transition onto the food that you actually want to feed them. So this involves just slowly decreasing the proportion of the original food and increasing the the mix of the new food in that food bowl that can really help the slow transition over three or four weeks means that they don't really even notice that that's happening and in that time once you come to the end of that time they should be eating that new food that you've chosen for them quite happily so those are the really big strategies, but there's a couple of other things, kind of short tips that can really make a big difference as well. So the first one is to walk your dog, give them lots of exercise, especially just before mealtime, because that's going to help them build up an appetite. So by the time it comes to dinner time, they're going to be much hungrier and they're going to be more likely to eat. 
The next thing to consider is actually put your dog's food down and then just leave them to get on with it. Walk out the room, close the door, don't hover over them uh, anxiously, kind of anticipating the fact that they're not going to eat. So dogs are really good at picking up on our feelings. And if you're feeling anxious, if you're worried with the fact that they're not eating, they're going to pick up on your vibes and they're going to become worried because they don't know why you're worried. And so they're going to get worried and then they're going to, you know, not eat their food because they're anxious about what's going on. So just put their food down and walk away. Next, feed your dog and let them eat before you start preparing any of your own meals because your dog's not not then getting the sights and the sounds and the smells of the other food that you don't want them to eat. So that's a big distraction. Remove those, get them to focus entirely on their food bowl. Once they've had their food, then you can get that dinner prep going for the rest of the family. And that just might mean that you need to feed them a little bit earlier than you have been. Now, for those dogs that really don't want to eat, adding a little bit of warm water to their food can help or just warm it up a little bit in the microwave. So that helps it smell that much more appealing, certainly to your dog, and can again make them more likely to eat. The next thing is to actually uh, add a little bit of a flavour on top, if you like. So that little bit of chicken, a little bit of vegetable broth. You know, avoid anything that's got a high salt content or a lot of additives. But any little bit like that, if it just helps get them going, there's really no harm in that. And it might not be something that you need to carry on once they're used to, to eating the food and they know that they're not going to get any extras. So with those few tips and sticking to your guns, remember, a hungry dog will eat you've been to the vet, you've ruled out any problems, you're happy that they're not losing weight, that they're not unwell in any other way, then really sticking to your guns, a hungry dog will eat. But our dogs, and I get it, you know, I completely understand we want our dogs to be happy, we want to be them to be healthy, and we uh, put a lot of emphasis on a dog eating and being fed nice food as a marker of our love for them. I absolutely get them, but really, stick to your guns. Don't let them train you to feed them all of your table scraps or to cook uh, elaborate meals just for them. Um, Stick to your guns, uh, kind of follow a few of these strategies and your dog will be eating whatever you want them to eat in next to no time at all. So make sure you head over to the show notes to get uh, a lot more detail about some of these tips as well. And there'll be a few bonus ones in there as well. It's something that I've spoken about and written about um, several times in the past, but it's a really worthwhile topic to keep coming back to because I know so many people really do struggle with this. And there's nothing worse than, uh, you know, buying a really expensive bag of dog food only for them to turn their nose up when they've only eaten a couple of meals out of it. So I hope that really helps. If you know you've got any other tips, if you've got any other suggestions, things that worked for your dog, then I'd also love to hear them. But before I go, remember as well to hit that subscribe button if you're not already. And do please leave a review. Take a couple of minutes to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcasting app you're listening to. It helps more than you can imagine. I read every single one and I appreciate them so, so much. It also helps spread the message that a healthy pet is within everyone's reach. And that's really my mission to help you and your pet, no matter where you are in the world, live as healthy and happy a life as possible. So a review helps so much with that mission as well. But until next time, I'm Dr. Alex. This is the Call the Vet podcast. Take care. You've been listening to Call the Vet. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and we'll see you on the next episode of the show that answers all of your pet questions.